This is Josh with Star Wars Galore, and I have decided to rewatch the last arc of The Clone Wars because I had a lot of fun with it the first time around, so why not rewatch it? I also thought it'd be uh, really cool to stop after each episode and do a quick review of it. So, to begin, I will review and talk about Season 7, Episode 9, Old Friends Not Forgotten. The, this opening lets us know really quick that this is going to be something a little bit different than what we've been getting from, uh, from the Clone Wars. It opens up with the old school Lucasfilm logo, the, uh, the green one. And then they drop the Clone Wars theme in, uh, in favor of the uh, Star Wars movie theme. And to me, this just sets the stage that this is going to be exactly what we wanted from the Clone Wars. The, uh, the other two arcs have been good, but they were neither one were anywhere close to being Clone Wars at its best, in my opinion. They weren't bad. I had a lot of fun watching those episodes. But you could tell just from the start of this arc, that this one was going to be a little bit different. And it was. This arc of the Clone Wars was on an entirely different level than the rest of Season 7. This is the best arc of the Clone Wars, in my opinion. So moving on into the actual episode itself, we're dropped into a battle. On a, on a bridge. It's Obi-Wan, Commander Cody, and uh, the rest of Obi-Wan's clone troopers. They've got, uh, they're basically stuck on a bridge. There's too many battle droids. They can't seem to, uh, can't seem to do anything with them. And Anakin shows up, and Obi-Wan and all of his troopers are covered. And Anakin jumps up on uh, the thing that Obi-Wan is hiding behind, and he's just sitting there dodging bullets. Well, I guess laser blast, uh, laser blast. And he's like, what are you guys trying to accomplish here? He's like, well, you know, what, what are you doing? And he's like, look, I got a plan. Either you follow my plan and these people get the help they need now, or we draw this out for way longer than it should. <laughs> and Obi-Wan uh, delivers the line, well, I know better than to argue. And, uh, yeah, that, that was just a nice, uh, nice little fun opening there. Then we get to see Anakin walk in front of the entire droid army that uh, Obi-Wan was fighting against. And he tries to, uh, to surrender. Obviously, we all know Anakin Skywalker will never surrender. That is the last thing that Anakin Skywalker would ever do. And of course, it's all part of his plan. But seeing him walk in front of that entire droid army uh, reminded me a lot of The Last Jedi when Luke Skywalker, well, Force Projection Luke Skywalker, walks in front of the entire First Order. I was just thinking that entire time, you know, like father, like son. Oh, that was a cool callback to The Last Jedi. 
So, of course, Anakin gets the droids all confused, and they they bring the, the tactical droid up front. This is... This was the main problem with Obi-Wan. They couldn't get to the tactical droid. And Anakin draws him out immediately. Force pulls him. Chops his head off, of course. And then, right when all of that happens, it might have been right before, Anakin gives the signal to R2, and R2 gives the signal to all the clones that are hiding under the bridge. And you can hear that Return of the Jedi music. From when, um, and it's uh, Jabba's sail barge. When Luke is about to jump into the Sarlacc pit. And he basically springboards off of the, uh, off of the plank. And R2 shoots the lightsaber to him. It's that same music. And I thought that, that was a pretty cool callback to Return of the Jedi. Then at the end of this battle we get the big Ahsoka reveal. Uh, someone calls in to uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan, and they're like, hey, there's somebody somebody here to talk to you. We think you need to take this one on the ship. And it's Fulcrum. But not the Fulcrum that they're thinking about. They immediately thought Saw Gerrera, but no. We Star Wars Rebels fans know exactly who Fulcrum is in this case. And I thought that was a great, great connection to Star Wars Rebels. Hearing uh, Ahsoka, well, we don't hear Ahsoka call herself Fulcrum, but I guess knowing that Ahsoka's calling herself Fulcrum at this point really made me smile. So my favorite parts of this episode uh, start right here. And it's when Anakin and Obi-Wan first walk onto the main ship to, ex- uh, to accept whatever message, whatever person, whoever Fulcrum is, who's trying to talk to them. Anakin's initial shock of seeing Ahsoka standing right there in front of her, in front of him, I mean, is just wonderful. He basically has to pick his jaw up off the floor right here. And he doesn't know what to say to her. He's just kind of stumbling around. He's he's excited. He's surprised. Anakin is a really emotional guy. <laughs> and in, uh, in this, scene, this scene right here displays that prominently. Later on in that same scene... We, uh, we see Ahsoka and Bo-Katan going back and forth, basically with Obi-Wan. Anakin's all on board. He, he's ready to storm Mandalore, take Maul. This is what Anakin Skywalker wants. He's guns a-blazing, cut people down first, ask questions later. That's just who he is. And Obi-Wan is a lot more conservative here. So we get this kind of debate. Obi-Wan brings up the fact that uh, the Republic has a treaty with Mandalore that's, uh, I think he says, like 100 years old, and that uh, an invasion would, uh, would be in, it'd be a conflict. It'd be against this treaty. It would cause that treaty to be basically nullified. 
and Bo-Katan's response to this, she's, she don't care. Obi-Wan says, look, if we do this, not only will we be breaking this uh, treaty, but we'll also be drug into another war. And Bo-Katan just says, what's one more? And Anakin does, he does bring up the fact that, well, we haven't finished the, the first one. For, uh, we haven't finished the first one yet. But this is a lot of fun right here. And uh, Ahsoka basically calls out Obi-Wan on his crap a little bit later. I'm jumping a little ahead here. So this is, um, this is when Obi-Wan rushes in and says, Hey, the Chancellor's uh, been, or it might have been a clone. I've seen this episode twice. I should know this. <laughs> but somebody rushes in and they're like, look, Coruscant's under attack. They've got the Chancellor. And Obi-Wan's like, okay, we gotta go, we gotta go. And Ahsoka's like, what are you doing? Are you just going to leave uh, Bo-Katan hanging here? You're gonna leave the people of Mandalore hanging here? And Obi-Wan is, Obi-Wan says basically, look, you have to understand that this is, this is a very pivotal moment in the Clone Wars. The capital is under attack. The people of Coruscant need us. And Obi-Wan has a point. But Ahsoka calls him out on his crap and says, Do the people of Coruscant need you? Are you there for the people of Coruscant? Or are you there for the Chancellor? And Obi-Wan, deep down, knows the answer to this. Ahsoka says that, uh, that they're playing politics again. And that she... Ahsoka sees the problem with the Jedi. I think Anakin Anakin sees sees the problem with the Jedi too, but he goes about it the wrong way. Ahsoka might be the most Jedi-like being left right now, and she's not even technically a Jedi. It's just it's really crazy. She sees what the Jedi are, and she knows what they're supposed to be, and she. She tells this to Obi-Wan, and, and of course, he's Obi-Wan about it. Has to do his, uh, he has to rush to Coruscant. But they are able to talk him into uh, splitting up Anakin's follow first and promoting Rex. So, uh, so they can do this. Uh, I know I'll, I jumped ahead there without meaning to. So let me go back. To uh, to just before all of this, there's the scene where Anakin and uh, and Ahsoka are alone, and he says, "I've got uh, I got a surprise for you." So uh, Ahsoka's following Anakin, and all the clones are saluting her, knowing where all this ends up, where uh, knowing what happens to Ahsoka and the fourth episode of this arc, seeing all those clones salute her, and then seeing all the clones uh, paint their helmets. Seeing that big reveal where she walks into the room and they've all painted their helmets to as a tribute to her. Seeing all of that just breaks my heart every time. It, golly, it about made me cry this time. 
It about made me cry the first time, but knowing exactly what happened, it's, I, I, I got the urge to cry sooner on the rewatch. I don't know if it's because I know uh, what happens in that last episode, or if it's because I, just, I know the scene that's about to take place. I, I'm not sure which one it is. Probably a little bit of both, but it, that's just, just just so heartbreaking now knowing what happens. And this brings me to the lightsabers. In my notes, I just wrote the lightsabers and did two crying emojis. Knowing that Anakin took these lightsabers, not only preserved them, but put his own little spin on them and made the blades blue, just it makes the end of this arc even more sad and it make knowing where what happens in the last scene of this arc makes this scene totally worth it i watched uh it was it was star wars explained he talked about how he's not sure exactly the Star Wars universe reasoning for why the blades changed to blue. But I, I agree with him completely. He said he doesn't really care the how. But seeing uh, Vader ignite him in that last episode and seeing this scene, knowing that Anakin put his own spin on him and basically uh, Star Wars Explained said that it was like Anakin giving a part of himself to Ahsoka. But I love the explanation that uh, Star Wars Explained gives about how it's kind of like Anakin giving a part of himself to Ahsoka. Thinking about it through this lens makes this scene a lot more sad, and it makes the very end of this arc a lot more sad when Ahsoka has to drop the lightsabers and when Vader, the man who put all this time into preserving these lightsabers and putting his own spin, putting a part of himself into these lightsabers, ignite it in the worst state that he's ever been in. It's, it's just really sad. And I'll quit jumping ahead to future episodes. Uh, all this is stuff to come, but I just felt like that making this connection taking the lightsabers from here to the end. It was it was a logical connection to make here. So I'll, I'll stop myself before I review future episodes too much. So now all that's left is the actual Siege of Mandalore. We slowed down a little bit when we met Ahsoka, and to me, that I've said this before, that is the best part of this episode. But it was nice to get back into the action of uh, the Siege of Mandalore. We get that cool race to the surface where uh, Rex is like, oh, oh crap, I, I forgot to give you a, uh, I forgot to bring you a jetpack. And Ahsoka's like, don't need it. I'll, uh, I'll race you down. That was a lot of fun. I got chills on the, the second rewatch watching Ahsoka take out all the, uh, all the bad Mandalorians that are with Maul. She's like cutting, uh, she's jumping from uh, ship to ship. Well, I guess it wasn't ship to ship. It was more like ship wreckage to ship wreckage, and she's uh, slicing into their jetpacks, and they fly off. They zoom off. 
that was just really cool. And she sticks that landing, and you get the little the freeze frame of basically the superhero pose. It's uh, the the pose that they used for the uh, the poster that they gave out at Star Wars Celebration this past year. That was all a lot of fun. And Rex delivers that great line there at the end after Ahsoka, of course, beats him. And he says, some things never change. Just so, so great. And uh, something that I didn't really notice the first time, but I noticed on the second time, was Bo-Katan trying to, uh, to let Ahsoka know that this is a trap. All I could think of was Admiral Akbar. In Return of the Jedi. It's a trap. She doesn't say those words. But that. It made me think of that. I don't. I don't know. So now. For the trap itself. So Ahsoka gets word from a battalion of clones. That they think that they found something. And it's down in the sewers. So of course Ahsoka decides to go check it out. With all the clones. And you get this really cool scene. Where the clones are, they just keep being, uh, they're, they're taken out. You get that shot where the explosion comes and it kind of knocks Ahsoka back and the clones all advance without her and the poor guys, they just get picked off one by one basically until she's down there by herself and enclosed by all of the Maul Mandalorians. And then you get the coolest line of the episode. The big reveal, Maul says, I was hoping for Kenobi. Why are you here? And that is the perfect way to end this episode. I remember uh, my first viewing, I was on the edge of my seat. I had to see what happened next. Because I knew it was going to be really, really epic. And it does end up being really epic. But of course, I'll save that for the rewatch of episode 10. I believe that's all that I have for this review. I hope that you guys have enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, uh, make sure to share it. I've had a lot of fun with this, and I cannot wait to to continue these reviews because, as I've said before I started this, this arc is my absolute favorite of the Clone Wars. As for ranking the arc, I would put... This episode, Old Friends Not Forgotten, as number three out of four. I really, really love this episode a lot, but there are just some really, really amazing episodes coming up. But I will save the ranking of one, two, and four for when I review those episodes. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and may the Force be with you.